Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I am Donna Reish, your hostess and your teacher. Um, there are two, let me show you right now the teacher's notebook so that I can get out of my email. So the teacher's notebook is something that you can get each week and it looks like this and it has part of or all of the lesson that I am teaching about that week. So all of the things that you would need to be able to teach this are uh, all of the things that you need would be here right in your teacher's notebook. So I want you to realize that you want to grab this, right? You want this because it's a free lesson. And also when you listen to the po podcast or you watch the video cast, you will learn all the nuances of um, how I teach that particular lesson. And then you can print it off and use it for your own students. So you can grab that over there at languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach. All righty. So I am going to go into the PowerPoint. Okay, that was kind of a fast opening. I would have, this is my second try for this and things are being glitchy. So I was just trying to close as many things as I could uh, so that my uh, PowerPoint wouldn't glitch again. So I wanted to get out of my other things, my email and so forth. Um, and get out of that um, document. Okay, so I am Donna Reish, and I am here to teach you how I teach certain concepts, certain um, lessons, certain uh, methodologies that I have created um, that uh, I found to be user-friendly throughout my 20 years of writing curriculum and um, teaching private students and small groups and my 32 years of homeschooling. So uh, this lesson is okay this lesson is there it's, it's doing now sorry about that this lesson is hit number 39. So you can watch it here if you are watching on YouTube or at my blog or you can hop on over to your favorite podcast provider, listen to it there with your teacher's notebook in front of you. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about uh, rewriting a known story uh, in their own words for fourth through eighth grade students. This comes from uh, a Teachers Pay Teachers product that I have up called Original Holiday Story Level 2. So that's fourth, fifth, and sixth grade levels. There are two ways actually to get these uh, different lessons that I have that are um, based on uh, characters from old books, which are now movies, which are also based on um, like individual history items, individual animal items and so forth. So the one way of course is meaningful composition, which is my um, faith-based semester long writing book. This particular lesson with the holiday story, you have two ways to get this. One is to get uh, right for a month from Language Arts Lady Store. And that has uh, four weeks of Christmas writing for level two, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Or if you just want individual lessons, you can hop on over to my Teachers Pay Teachers Store. And the lessons that are in those one month books are taken out and put individually at the at my Teachers Pay Teachers Store. Store. So you can just grab this single, um, let me see, I think it is a two week 
lesson. So you can just grab this um, single two week lesson over there at Teachers Pay Teachers. All right, so I wanna talk a little bit about story writing um, for fourth through eighth graders, especially for fourth, fifth and uh, sixth grade students. So there are um, a few things that we run into with young story writers. And one of the reasons why I love the concept of rewriting a known story is because, is because of one of these, um, one of these uh, problems that we encounter with story writing with younger students like this. So when I say known holiday story, I am uh, taking, I'm having students take a story that they know and rewrite it in their own words with their own flair. And it's different than our twice told tales, um, which are mostly for junior high through high school, where they take a story and I teach them how to break it down paragraph by paragraph and then make a twist on it, twice told tales. So you might be, um, what was a, more, a recent one that we did, you might be doing um, uh, um, uh, Christmas Carol, Scrooge, and rewrite and using that as your guide to write a story about a modern day Scrooge. So there are a lot of twice told tales. I think I have 20 or more of them uh, for junior high and high school. And that's kind of the same concept in that they're starting with the known and then they're tweaking it, but then they're doing a spinoff completely, a completely different story. But the concept of the known versus the unknown is, is something that I utilize all the time. So the, the reasoning behind it is if you have a timeline in front of you and on your left, not a timeline, but a, um, a number graph, I guess it could be a timeline too, but a graph, a numbers graph, if you have a numbers graph in front of you and have zero on the left and 100 on the right, 100 is where you want your students to end up at the end of this lesson, you, the concepts that you want them to, to have acquired, the knowledge you want them to know, the skills you want them to have. On the left is the zero. And that is you know, an assumption that they don't know anything about what you're teaching, which is rarely the case, right? So we rarely be all the way over the left, but we might be, he might, he or she, or they might be closer to the left than, than, uh, than the right, right? So um, in that situation, when we teach a, a pretty unknown concept to them and they have nothing to hook it onto, we used to talk about this all the time in our parenting seminars, that we want to give instructions that our kids have a hook already in place. They've already created a hook to hook that new, um, that new material on in terms of behaviors and um, rules and, and just everything in your home. We want them to have something to hook it onto. And we call those learning hooks. So it's that same concept here. So suppose they're over here on the left and they're starting at 10 and they don't know very much about story writing, for example. And we want them to come all the way over to 100 and write you know, a six or eight uh, paragraph short story um, about, about the holidays, for example. And they have to go pretty far from the 10 to the 100 in story writing, right? They have to, they have to figure out what they're going to write about. They have to figure out what the obstacles are, what the, what the, who, who the characters are, what the setting is, what the resolution, what the conflict is, what the resolution is, and um, then they have to write it all, right? And you know, maybe they want dialogue in there, you know. So that is a that is a far a far way to travel from ten to one hundred. So the beauty of something that's already known is that they can go from fifty to one hundred, for example, 
And the way we're going to take them from 50 to 100 instead of 0 or 10 to 100 is that they're going to do something that they already know about, which automatically just makes story writing so much easier. You can do this not only with holiday stories. Obviously, you can do this with any kind of story that they already know. Now, this is different than uh, in Meaningful Composition, our one semester books, with the uh, sentence by sentence outline, CQLA, we call it keyword outline, um, write for a month, the sentence by sentence outlines, or even some of my individual products where we say, here are three paragraphs about the elves and the shoemaker. You're gonna take notes about each sentence, and then you're going to rewrite it in your own words. This is different from that. It's a big step up from that because we're not giving them a passage to rewrite. We're saying, you already know about this story. Now you rewrite it in your own words. And so with the, with the known concept, we are moving over. Let's suppose we move over from zero to 50, just with the known concept, right? So they don't have as long to travel from 50 to 100. And then let's suppose that we throw in there, um, you know, a sample and some and, and strong paragraph uh, division and scene division teaching, like I'm about to show you in a moment. Then all of a sudden we move them over from, you know, oh yeah, I know about paragraph breaks. Oh, that makes sense. I see how I can use this sample to, to know how to break paragraphs. Then all of a sudden we're going, you know, a little bit closer to the 100. And we're taking that journey so much more easily, or he or she or they are taking that journey so much more easily. All right, so that's one thing about these younger kids in story writing that we can take the known and then they can go closer to the, the new skill that we want them to have. Another concept that uh, I see coming up a lot in these, um, uh, well, really second through sometimes even you know seventh and eighth graders. And that is that when they wanna write a story, they set out with kind of a retelling and uh, there's nothing wrong with a retelling. Uh, but then that retelling moves from a story to a retelling to an essay. So you know what I'm talking about here? Like they say, for example, you know, you know, once there was this character named Grinch. Um, you know, he lived in uh, outside of Whoville, and he and there were people down there, and they were very um, happy, and they loved Christmas, and he hated Christmas, and he was green, and. Um, and so when they were celebrating Christmas, he went down and tried to wreck their Christmas. He tried to ruin it, um, you know, and Christmas is a time for joy. And, um, you know, the next thing you know, it, it just, it kind of all merges together. And it kind of sounds more like an essay where you're explaining, you know, like about, about Whoville and you're explaining about the Grinch and so forth, as opposed to a story. And so one of the ways that uh, Joshua and I have gotten around that in all of our story writing because he has really written, especially the original story writing. He was the, uh, the brains behind those original story lessons. And one of the ways that we have gotten around that is to have them develop their scenes, to have them develop their paragraphs for younger kids, um, but scenes for older kids, to have them develop their paragraphs and put an action in each paragraph. Um, and I've talked about this before in... Uh, um, less than 30, um, less than 30 with finishing the scene stories and also uh, with um, all of the lessons about story writing, like um, 15, 25, 26, 
and, and definitely in all of the twice told tales, uh, which in the most recent one is um, uh, um, The Elves and the Shoemaker for episode 37. All right, so um, that is one way that we can get around that. And it, it is very, very um, remarkable how it works because all of a sudden they are not just, you know, you know, rambling on and on and on in this paragraph, you know, this is what's going to happen. And as I mentioned in some earlier story writing for upper kids, especially, we try to tell them that there are three times to change scenes or three times to change paragraphs for younger students. One is if you have a change of people, two is if you have a change of location, and three is if you have a change of action. And of course, the, um, it, it is also true that they can sometimes have more than one of those, right? So, uh, you know, maybe they have a change of action and a change of location. Maybe they have a change of location and a change of scenes, people or whatever. All right, so here is my overview box. So let's go into um, some of this expectation explanation for a moment. All right, so I give them some ideas and I always like to give students ideas because I feel like if they are the kind of student who will come up with their own ideas, these are not going to mess them up. It's not gonna, it's not gonna affect them to have six, eight, 10, 12 ideas for whatever they're writing, story writing, research, whatever they wanna write about. I'm not going to, to ruin their idea if they are already a story writer or already a research report writer or already an essay writer, where I'm not going to wreck their idea. Um, but if they are not a story writer in this case, it can only be to their advantage to give them ideas because we're, we're taking the edge off of that very first step that's so difficult. And that is, I don't know what to write about, right? So it's not gonna hurt the kids who are, are original story writers. And it's only going to help kids who are not. All right, so you've heard me talk all, all the time about expectation explanations. We also use that in our parenting seminar too. Um, so with that, we have a, an overview box. Now you don't have to use something this elaborate. This is the top half and the bottom half. Like I said, this is landscape and the teacher's notebook is portrait. So it's a full page there. But um, you don't have to have something this elaborate. But I will tell you, that while this might look elaborate and difficult for you, my second graders can sit here with a highlighter and mark everything up as I speak and as I give them the big picture. And it, it's, just as e it's just simple for them. It's just simple. It looks elaborate, but, it's, but it is simple once we've done it a few times. So tell them, get your highlighter. Let's go through here. Top, no Roman numeral one. Okay, you're gonna rewrite a holiday story, um, real or make-believe. And you can choose one of those or look at K. You can have another idea. All right, look at Roman numeral two. Basic students are gonna write three paragraphs. So if you're basic, highlight that. Extension students are going to write five. So if you're extension, highlight that. And then all the while, while I'm going through this overview box, these expectation explanations, I tell them, don't forget. I say, first of all, I say, don't use your homework color. Don't use your homework color because these are not assignments. This is, oh, this is a one-week project. This is the overview of what you're going to do for the whole week. Don't forget, your assignments have a less than, greater than, diamond. It has a bold font number. 
you've highlighted it and you put a sticky note on the edge. So these are not assignments. And I have them put a sticker at the top of the page that says OV box. And I say, put that at the top of your page. So when you wanna know how many sentences do, am I supposed to do? How many paragraphs am I supposed to do? Am I doing an opening? Am I doing a closing? You can just flip back and find that very quickly. I'm, I'm serious. I just had second and third graders. We just went through this, the second and third graders this week about Christmas riddle. They were writing a Christmas riddle paragraph. And I took them to this box, told them to get their, write their OV, write OV box on the sticker, put it at the top. I told them to get a non-homework color and they did exactly what I'm doing here. So it can be done easily with second graders and on up. The reason I like this more elaborate um, overview box, expectation explanation is because they can always flip back and they don't have to constantly ask me. I can't remember how many sentences I have to have in each paragraph. I can't remember if I'm doing three or five. I can always just refer them to the overview box. All right, so then I come up here to Roman numeral three. If you're basic, you're gonna do four to six sentences, highlight that. If you're extensions, you're gonna do six to eight in each paragraph. Okay, we're not going to do a separate opening and we're not gonna do a separate closing. Um, and I, I'm gonna talk a lot about that. I'm gonna do a lot more research-based stuff coming up in January. So uh, I'm gonna talk a lot more about that, but in a nutshell, uh, we do an opening and a closing most of the time, as, as much as possible, uh, depending on the, the skill level and what, what the project is. Uh, usually we do a complete opening paragraph and complete closing paragraph for research reports and for essays. Sometimes we just do a thesis and a thesis reloaded and I teach them how to do that as well. But in story writing, they never do an opening paragraph and they never do a closing paragraph because I have found that when they, when I have them do opening paragraphs before, um, they start out in essay mode right away. So they say, you know, something like, you know, many stories are uh, written about people who try to ruin Christmas. And, uh, you know, these stories are very popular at Christmas time. And the next thing you know, they've started with an essay and then they have trouble getting into story mode. All right. Three paragraphs, sources can, they can use sources if they need to look something up. And I do not really want them writing quote, quotes here. Um, I, I did have some 10 year old, 11 year old girls who are pretty advanced do some quotes, um, but it was the do some dialogue and things like that. But um, it takes a lot of skill to do dialogue. And again, you know, we're not trying to put so many skills together all at the same time. All right, so uh, I tell them, of course, you can say he told father that he would take blankets to the stable rather than saying he told father, comma, quote, I will take blankets to the stable. All right, an indirect quote versus a real quote. All right, so the first thing you know, how I roll is I get their sample story. Story. My assist, writing assistant, Zach, uh, writes almost all of my, uh, he writes all of my samples now, unless it's an older project that was done by a fellow student. Uh, I'm one of my students, but um, the student samples are great, um, but the sam samples that Zach writes uh, are very specific to uh, readability and writability level. And so um, I, I prefer to use his samples now. All right, so we are going to go through this again with a highlighter and we are going to read the sample story. So remember, I think extensions were doing five paragraphs and basic kids were doing three. So this is this is five, so this would be an extension one. And again, your story writers are gonna say, can I do extensions? I just had this yesterday, sweet, sweet, sweet kids. What are they doing? 
oh yeah, three paragraphs about um, a Christmas tradition. And, you know, hands went up everywhere. Can I do more than five to seven sentences in each paragraph, right? It's just so wonderful when students love what they're doing in language arts. It's so wonderful when their hands are going up to ask you if they can do, do more, not fewer paragraphs, more, not, um, uh, more, not uh, less writing overall, right? So uh, a lot of times when my basic students, when a sample is like this and they want to put that much detail in, then they ask if they can do the extensions. And I always tell them, you can always do more, you just can't do less writing. All right, so we're gonna take that highlighter and we're gonna go through, first of all, and highlight scene one. You can see it with bold font there. Scene one, the Grinch and the Who's. Scene two, the Grinch comes up with a plan. Scene three, the Grinch steals from the Who's. Since four, the Grinch is surprised. Since scene five, the Grinch realizes the meaning of Christmas. All right, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing because not only do they have a sample story to go from that they can see how it's done. They can see how it's a story, not an essay. They can see how there's so much description in it. And not only do they have all of those benefits, but they also have a lot of insight into breaking down their story. So with younger kids, we call, we put, we say that each paragraph is a scene. It's just easier that way than you know, trying to tell them you can have you know, three, four, five, six paragraphs as a scene. And then of course, with older kids, you can say, you can have many, many paragraphs as a scene, just like a novel might have one scene that's one chapter that's 20 paragraphs or whatever. Always again, relating the, what they're about to do with what they already know, going away from the unknown and into the new, known. All right, so we have a lot of beautiful stuff going on here, right? We have samples, we have the description, we have the paragraphs, we have the breaks. All right, so then we will read this together. So they will have highlighted those scenes and we would have talked about how each one is specific. So look what's happening in scene one, the Grinch and the Who's. It's like we're meeting them, but they're not saying. There once was a story about a da 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 da. I always tell them, don't do that, don't do that. And, um, they're like, we know, we know. <laughs> you tell us every time. Love to tell them every time. I love to tell my students, quote unquote, every time. Because the more times they hear something, the more it sticks in their mind. Like I just had kids this week say, you know, I, can, I cannot not find the object of the preposition anymore be, while I'm doing my preposition assignments because I always hear you in my head saying, on what? to whom, in where, every time. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do that a lot, don't I? <laughs> so that is just, just right. they need repetition. And, um, and they love it when they can grab a hold of it, right? They love it when it becomes theirs. All right, so uh, then I say, um, okay, so that is like the setting and everything that's happening with scene one. Look at scene two. He is coming up with a plan. So a different action. Right now we're just looking down kind of in scene one at the setting and everything. But in scene two, we have uh, the same person, maybe even the same place, but we have a new action. He's coming up with a plan. Scene three, we have um, same person, different action, different place. So now he's down in Whoville. 
scene four, we have same person, different place, and different action. Now he's thinking and wondering. And scene five, we have same person, um, different place than the previous one, and different action. All right. So this is just, I cannot tell you how great these projects all, I mean, okay, I really sound like I'm bragging, but I cannot tell you how great all of my projects turn out for my students. I just, you, I cannot believe the final products. They are just incredible. And they are always confident, or almost always, right? Sometimes they text me and they're stuck and I have to send them a voice memo, but they're usually very, very confident in what we're doing. All right, so now they're gonna plan their story. Right. I always tell them you can't do anything without planning at first. You can't write anything without a plan. So then I show them a um, sample scene box. All right. So I'd say, um, suppose you were going to write all the things that you want to happen, all the, all the actions that you are going to have in your story. You're going to write that on the right. And then you're going to look at it and you're going to number it in the scene in the way it's going to go. So we don't want. So then you're thinking, maybe you put the Grinch, Rob's the Who's, and then you thought, well, no, first he needs to plot it. So you just write it right there. Oh, I should introduce them all, Grinch's grumpiness and the hatred of the Who's. Right, so then you have all of these things, but they're not in order. So I say, just write anything that you can think of that you want for your actions and then number them. And then that will be the order of your paragraphs slash scenes. All right, so this is where they will do that um, for all of their scenes, paragraphs, actions, and then they will come over here and outline. So then they bring these scenes. So um, for scene one, Grinch's grumpiness, hatred of the who's, they're going to come over here to their outline lines and scene one, they're going to write at the top, Grinch's hatred of the, what did I say? Grinch's grumpiness and hatred of the who's. That is their topic of their first paragraph. And you've heard me talk about that a lot, I know. But that is that when students commit a paragraph topic, whether it's essay, whether it's research, whether it's story, when they commit a paragraph topic and then they commit another paragraph topic, guess what? They stay on topic. It is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, the whole concept of, but won't that thwart them, you know, because they're not being, um, you know, organic or whatever. They're not, it's not coming naturally. They're not flowing naturally. And it definitely does not do that. All right. It definitely doesn't do that. What happens is they stay focused and they can be more creative. They can use more description. They can develop things further because they know what goes in that paragraph. They know what scene one is going to be about. They know that scene two is going to be about him plotting. So they can put in like maybe how he looks. Maybe how he rubbed his hands together. Maybe how he tapped his chin. Maybe how his eyes lit up. Maybe how he, you know, uh, had smoke coming out of his ears or whatever. Because they are doing the scene, the paragraph about the Grinch plotting. So they don't have to be concerned with, um, you know, what am I saying in this paragraph? What all is this going to have? Is it time to switch, right? Committing to the paragraphs ahead of time in any kind of writing is the uh, magic sauce for paragraph breaks and for clean 
paragraphs in all levels of writing. All right, so they're gonna do this for their first three paragraphs if they are basic students. They're gonna do this for the next um, two paragraphs. They're gonna do this for all of those paragraphs, five, if they are extension, all right? And a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll say, I wanna do extension, like I mentioned, even though I'm basic and I'll say, okay, then you go ahead and highlight these. You can do, use these as well. And then of course, we have some kids who say, what if I wanna do an eight scene or an eight paragraph or a 10 scene and a 10 paragraph? And you know what I tell them? I tell them if your story has enough action in it and your story has enough, enough scenes in it and your story has enough going on to write eight or 10 really great action-based scenes, then you write all 10 of them and I will edit it for you. You can write as many as you want and I will always be there to edit your paper. And wow, I'm just telling you right now, it is absolutely amazing. All right, so then um, I give them a holiday word box. This I do a lot in like the, the second through fourth grade writing. Um, and that is just reminding them of some good words that they might want to include in their story. This can sometimes give them another indication or another clue for, um, sorry, another clue for uh, an action that they might want, they might have left out. Uh, so they can, this is in between the outlining and the writing. So they have a chance to go back in and put in, um, you know, something, some of these words in their outline that they want, or maybe, you know, even add another scene and uh, just, you know, arrow it right in. And I always tell them just photocopy um, the outlining lines, or if you know you want more, um, I'll run in and photocopy more for you. And you can just take those home and add those right into your binder. And if you know you want more than five paragraphs, um, so they can either photocopy it or I can't. All right, so then they're going to write it. And I don't have the writing and the checklist challenge here uh, because these uh, are, this is a lot for people to print. And also, if, you, if you're using my methods and you're kind of new to them, then you probably, if you're brand new and your kids are brand new, you're not going to probably do a checklist challenge now anyway. Um, I do have free teaching, a free video and a free book on the checklist challenge, I'll get to that in just a second. But so after this, they're going to write and then they're going to possibly do the checklist challenge. My kids always do the checklist challenge on their paper. And then they come to us and they go out to an outside editor. Like I've said many times with 60 uh, students, uh, I need editing help. So, and, and somebody to score the checklist challenges, that's a, a very objective kind of scoring that uh, somebody that my uh, editors can do for me. And then it comes back to me with their edits on it and I edit on their edits. And then I score their uh, rough draft paper and the editor scored their checklist challenge. And then it goes back to them and they put in all of the edits from the editor, all the edits from me and all of their checklist challenge changes and they make a clean final copy. And they are absolutely beautiful and they are very, very proud. All right, so yes, again, this can be done with anything, right? You can go from any known story to an unknown story. I mean, to an original story, right? Um, and again, we're just bridging that gap. All right, so you can learn more, of course, if you grab your teacher's notebook sheets. Here are some free products associated with this that you get um, when you sign up for my email at uh, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash freebies. 
And um, this is uh, how to complete the checklist challenge. That is the video and the book with me teaching um, direct to camera, you and your students. Uh, so you can take the week off, <laughs> uh, maybe even two weeks, <laughs> depending on how long you want to spend on that checklist challenge lesson. It's pretty lengthy. All right. And we also have Right for a Month Mowgli 2 and Right for a Month Peter Pan 3. These have story writing, kind of creative writings for fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. So it kind of covers both of those. We have a free lesson with me teaching direct to camera um, for each level, but these are the ones that were pertinent to this particular lesson. All right, and then these are the downloadable products um, that are related to this episode. So you can just notice here, uh, this is my last Christmas episodes episode, but you can see that just in levels one, two, and three, so second and third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh and eighth, there are a lot of Christmas standalone lessons at Teachers Pay Teachers or complete one month Christmas books for each level at Language Arts Lady Store. But all of these have elements of story writing or elements of um, some things that I've talked about in today's episode. And we continue because there are a lot. Uh, you know, I have mentioned the 50,000 pages, right? So yeah, there's a lot. All right, all of these kind of story writing things are available in these meaningful composition books. These are my faith-based writing books for one semester. So second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. Uh, Jumpstart, which, which is a remediation book. And these are all, they, each of these books has a two week sample that you can print off and try. And that also gives you an idea of whether you want to put your child in a second grade or third grade or fourth grade book. All right, you can create a class. We are creating some new classes for January. So you can have your co-op or your small group or your uh, children uh, taught writing by me or taught a math class or, oh my word, my husband teaches everything. So you can just have him teach anything. Um, or I would love to teach writing to your group. You can hire a teacher just for one-on-one. -on -one if you just want, I want somebody else to do my math. I want somebody else to do my um, literature for high school. Um, and you can just hire my husband for that. All right. And then there's private tutoring online and in person. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, I am excited to bring you this each week. I'm thrilled to have uh, the feedback from you and the emails telling me uh, you know, how you are enjoying the broadcast. Uh, you can subscribe, obviously, in your favorite podcast uh, provider, and uh, that would obviously help boost the um, engagement from, for other people as well. Again, thank you for joining me. It's been my pleasure. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. I said that this is our last Christmas one. So for the next two weeks, I am going to do time management. And I'm going to teach from my planner, which is a downloadable product at Teachers Pay Teachers and, I don't know, Language Arts Lady Store, Caregiving Store. It's a few places. It is my own signature time management system, but it has uh, it is a whole planner. Um, with uh, your calendar, your week, your monthly pages, your weekly pages, and so forth. And um, even if you don't want to use my planner, um, suppose you have a planner that you're just in love with, I would really love for you to join me for the next two weeks because time management is one of my jams. And um, yeah, I have some great tips for you. All righty. Uh, thank you again for joining me.
and I will see you in the next episode about time management.